Today's episode of the Podular Modcast is brought to you by Odulus. Odulus is a modular synthesizer visual programming platform for iOS, Mac, Windows, and Linux. With Odulus, you can create synthesizers, sequencers, and effects from scratch, or use one of the hundreds of built-in modules or some of the thousands of user-created patches available for download at the Odulus forum. Plug your computer or iOS device straight into an Expert Sleeper's ES8 or similar DC-coupled audio interface, and Odulus can be a sound source, an envelope, a filter, an LFO, a sequencer, or an effect all at once. The song you're hearing right now was made with a combination of Odulus and Eurorack modules. A random pattern sequencer in Odulus is creating an acid baseline with a dope for VCO, which is going through an STG Sound Labs mix module, an ElectroSmith 2144 low pass filter, and a XAOC device's Talon VCA. The drums are created with no overdubbing by controlling the six primary modulation, pitch, and trigger inputs of the mutable instrument's plats using a bespoke Odulus sequencer. The pad is created using a Roland 512 oscillator through an Erica Synth Fusion Tube Mixer and into a Roland 505 low-pass filter, which is enveloped and randomly FM'd by Odulus and sent into Odulus to stereo analog modeling delays with randomly changing delay times. Finally, the lead is an Odulus-only synth controlled by a MIDI keyboard and mixed in with the analog synths and drum machine. As you can hear, Odulus can help you get more out of your modular synth. But you can also use it alone. Make a patch on your iPad on your commute from work and load it up instantly on your computer when you get home through automatic iCloud syncing. Right now, Odulus is running a limited time sale, 50% off in the Mac and iOS stores. Also, for each episode of the Podular Modcast, we'll be giving away three free copies of Odulus. So go check out my Instagram page, Podular Modcast, and uh, see, see if you can be the first one to grab one of those free download codes. Um, I'll be posting them at random points during the week. Uh, so good luck. Modulus, build sound from first principles and take your modular to the next level. Welcome back, Pod Mod Bods, to another episode of Podular Modcast. Today is a uh Today's one I think a lot of people have been looking forward to or hoping would happen. I have uh, Andrew Osler from Expert Sleepers. And uh, yeah, we really get into the nuts and bolts of uh, how, he, how he created the company. And we get into the history of the disting. And uh, we learn what the name disting means, which is pretty fun. Um, we also talk a little bit about uh, how you can interface Odulus. You just heard the ad. Um, with your uh, Eurorack via the ES8, which I have one of those coming pretty soon. So, um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, we talk about what Andrew does musically and, uh, yeah, and his surprising his surprising history before getting into modular. I, I didn't know what he did professionally, and it's, it's pretty cool. Um, I think you guys will be excited about that. 
Before we get into it, I want to say thank you to all you Patreon subscribers. You guys are helping to keep the LEDs blinking over here at PodMod. And uh, if you would like to help, you could go to patreon.com forward slash podular modcast. Um, yeah, I would really appreciate it. And speaking of Patreon, this song that you hear below me is uh, is from a Patreon subscriber who uh, just gave me a download code and was like, hey, check this out. And I was like, oh, I'll play some of it on the show. Um, so it's Uska is the, uh, is the artist's name, and the song is called Forest Floor, and it's off the album called Crashed. And it's, uh, it's pretty nice... Uh, modular music so so thank you matthew i really uh, appreciate you sending this to me and uh, i hope our listeners can go check it out and give you some support and speaking of uh helping people out it is the season of giving so if uh you know if patreon isn't something that suits your fancy i've got something that's uh, a little bit cooler um there is this organization uh called donors choose and uh, it's, it's super cool. You can just go on, and it, I think it helps teachers um, mostly. I'm pretty sure it's just mostly teachers. But you can go on, you can choose an area, uh, like your neighborhood, and you can scroll through all these different teachers who need help um, just getting basic supplies for their classes. And I did one a while ago, and I totally forgot that I'd done it. And then I get this, this giant... Uh, envelope in the mail and it's just full of all these adorable letters thanking me for helping them get uh, composition notebooks so yeah donorschoose.org is a really cool way to uh, to uh, yeah help people out and they're not a sponsor or anything I just I just really like what they do so yeah if you're feeling the holiday spirit then uh, yeah go spread the wealth over there I also want to take a moment to uh, put a call out to all you PodMod bods. Um, have you made or do you want to make a Christmas tune with your <laughs> with your Eurorack module? Um, I, I kind of have always hated Christmas music, but I realize that it's, it's just because a lot of it's so cheesy, uh, the execution of it. Um, but if uh, there are some interesting versions that I've heard from people, uh, so I don't know. Let's start let's start populating the world with tolerable Christmas music and then that way when it comes to the uh, the holiday season we can we can express our yuletide spirit without feeling corny um, <laughs> if that is at all possible so what I want to do is uh, because Christmas Eve it falls on a Monday and that's when the episodes are released I don't think I want to put out uh, a regular podcast on Christmas Eve with a guest because I'm not sure a lot of people will actually be listening to uh, to the podcast on Christmas Eve. So I figured let's just do like a, a Christmas extravaganza to where if you uh, if you do end up listening to it, there will be just some Christmas music, maybe some Christmas stories. I don't know. I don't want to get too cheesy with it, but uh, yeah. So PodMod, uh, let's see, PodModcast at gmail.com. If you have a song or you want to make a song, uh, yeah, send, send a link to me. And uh, the sooner the better, because I'm going to start working on that. So let's let's try to get them in within this week. Uh, this, this weekend, Saturday, is going to be a modular nights in Seattle. And that will be at Substation. And it's from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. And it's a lot of fun. And we've had a lot of really great turnout. So if you're in the Seattle area and you want to go watch some pretty sweet uh, modular sets... Go, go to, to Substation in, in uh, Fremont Ballard area and check it out. All 
All right, really quick, I'm just going to run you through some cool sounds that I've made with the Livestock Bang um, and no other modules uh, producing sound and no effects. So here's one. This is with uh, nothing but clocks going into the odd, even chunks and FMCV. All of the knobs are down uh, all the way, so let's start bringing those up. Um, the FM is not uh, activated yet, so let's let's leave that deactivated, and we'll bring in the odd knob, even. So those are about at 12 now. Let's bring the chunks knob up to 12. Let's go all the way up with all of them. And let's bring some FM into it on the positive side. And we'll bring that down to the negative side. We'll bring these knobs down a little bit. That's fun. So that last sound you heard was uh, from the yellow wave menu, which is the harmonic series. And this next one I'm going to show you is from the cyan, which is the high frequency signs and noises uh, wave shape menu. Um, right now I've got a really fast sequence um, running into a VCA that's just being triggered every so often, going into the one volt per octave of the bang. And then I've got maths one and four controlling the odd and even uh, CV inputs on this guy. Let's see what that sounds like. And all of the knobs are completely down, so let's bring this odd knob up to 12. We'll bring the even knob up to 12. And now the chunks knob up to 12. Back these down a little bit. cycle through these uh, these menus real quick. We'll go to the green, which is the standard waves, octaves, and noises. And then the yellow harmonic series. The red, tone, and ripples. Magenta pulse width modulation. Blue chunky noises. And back to cyan, which was high frequency sign and noises. Very diverse oscillator. And this one doesn't really have any bells or whistles. I'm not using any of the CV inputs or anything. Um, I just really liked this tone that I, I dialed in uh, in the green menu, which is the uh, standard waves, octaves, and noises. So check this out.
that's pretty fun. And for our last one, this one's going to be a little nutty. So let's take this nice fat bass line, and we're going to take the uh, the end of cycle out of Maths Channel 4, and we're going to put that into um, into the function signal input. Now we're running the function into the even. And I've got Maths Channel 1 coming out into the odd, but I don't have that turned up yet, so let's turn that up really quick. And then I've got the end of rise from function, and I'm going to put that into the chunks CV input. Just messing with the time and of rise and fall on maths and function now. mess with some of these knobs. Alright, let's cycle through these. Now all the knobs are all the way down. So here's the yellow. Red. Purple. Or magenta. the green. <laughs> that cyan was pretty fun. So yeah, go to Livestock Electronics to learn more about the Bang Oscillator and, uh, and the many other cool modules that Daniel is working on. Alright, let's do this. Uh, I just want to give you a warning. This is the second week in a row we won't have a patch challenge. Um, Andrew is in the middle of moving, so he didn't have any of his stuff set up. But, you know, it was hard to coordinate because he's, uh, he's over in the UK, so I ha we had to do it when we could. Um, but, in lieu of his patch challenge, I'm going to be playing uh, a track from his, his band, Darkroom which is something that uh, we talk a little bit about. And uh, it's one of the more modular-driven tracks on the album. So, uh, yeah, I hope you enjoy that. Let's get into it. Mm-hmm. 
Good morning. Right, testing. Yeah, that seems to work. You'll have to let me know if my mic level gets a bit high, but I think it'll be okay. Okay. Yeah, you sound you sound really clear. I heard your cat in the background. So uh, it's probably the kids. Um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right on. Well, I I, uh, I thank you for joining me. Yeah, taking no some time out of your Saturday evening. No, um, no problem. It gets me out of putting them to bed. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess you're welcome for that. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> Um, I've been really nervous about talking with you, um, because oh. I feel like there's a lot of pressure on being able, you know, asking you the right questions for, you know, for people to, uh, I, I don't want to have this interview and then have everybody, why didn't you <laughs> ask, you know, and, um, so, well, you can always, first you can do time, a follow up if you need to, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be, <laughs> um, but for the first time I actually went to, uh, a, the Eurorack synthesizers forum, uh, forum on Facebook. Right. And asked if you have any questions. So, um, yeah, it's got some kind of sarcastic ones that we won't <laughs> spend any time with. But we'll Thank get you. to those in a little bit. But okay. um, if we could get kind of just the, a little backstory on, on uh, like, how did, how did your, your, your story on how you came to be the mastermind behind Expert Sleepers. Um, okay. Well, um, it all started about... Um, 10 years ago, I guess, in terms of the modular stuff, um, when I decided to get into modular for my own musical purposes, um, got a very small system together, um, all analog system stuff, actually, and was thinking about um, how I was going to integrate that. And uh, there were ideas floating around about making CVs and controlling things from from software. Um, and I thought, well, that sounds good. I might, I might buy into that. But then I also thought, well, I actually write plugins already. Maybe I could write, write my own version of this, write my own plugin um, to control the modular. And that became Silent Way, um, which became a lot more things uh, on the software side. Um, and then um, fairly rapidly, um, somebody recommended that I go and shout about this thing I'd done on the Muff Wiggler forum, um, which was very oh. helpful. Um, and ideas were bounced around and it very quickly became apparent that with just a little bit of hardware, um, what you could do in the software could be much more widely applicable. Because at the, at the time I was, I was using a, a Motu interface, which is one of the, these rare ones that's DC coupled, so you could just use them for CVs straight up. Um, mm -hmm. but people made some suggestions about, um, using rectifiers and, and stuff to use uh, the any old AC coupled interface. So I quickly found myself um, building hardware again, which I really didn't expect. Um, I, I'd kind of done it as a hobby when I was a kid. Um, uh -huh. And in fact, six months before this happened, I I'd jettisoned all my boxes of old components and breadboards and stuff on the basis that I'd never ever need them again um, <laughs> just got rid of them all that's always the case exactly I've done that and yeah. then then I had to go out and, and buy it all again and prototyped up a little circuit and then went down the the magical mystery journey of of you know building stuff which uh -huh. is fantastically fun and easy um I mean this even 10 years ago compared to when I was a kid um um, a number of years ago, um, uh, when you know, if you wanted to build the circuit, you were probably there with a either some Vera board or or maybe you got some copper clad board and an etch resistant pen, and then you traced it out and dunked it in a bath of acid and 
<laughs> all this stuff. Um, whereas uh -huh. now you just you do it all on a computer and send it off to some company on the internet, and then they send you back this beautifully manufactured PCB, um, which is yeah. which make you know barrier to entry is is way lower. And then mm -hmm. yeah, and it, it just kind of um, snowballed really. I, I was very lucky to hit it at exactly the right time when the Eurac scene was really, you know, just starting to take off. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we've, we've all seen a tremendous amount of, of growth and exciting things happening in, in this time. Um, yeah. 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 So that's that's where Expert Sleepers... Well, I mean, like I said, I, I was doing some plugins before, which I still maintain and, and have out there uh, for people, but um, the hardware side of, of what I do is completely... You know, completely taken over any of the plug-in stuff. And then um, three or four years back now, I, I was in the happy position of being able to give up the day job, as they say, and, and do this Eurorack thing full-time. Um, that is, yeah, that's the dream, man. That's awesome. It is awesome. It, I mean, it was never my dream. That's the odd thing. It just kind of happened, but now it's happened. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's It's been brilliant. Especially, it kind of almost coincided with starting a family and then, you know, being able to no, not lose any of my life commuting to and from an office and always always being around um, has, mm -hmm. been, has been great from that point of view as well. Yeah, well, congrats, man. That's, that Thank is you. so cool. Um, cool. So um, just a little bit like background then. Did you go to school for, for programming? Um, no, no. I, I, um, I did maths at, at university. Um, Okay. I, I I don't know. I'm, I'm always very suspicious of people who actually study computer science. I kind of feel <laughs> like it's one of those things that you just do and then spend your time studying something else. I mean, I'm probably going to get shouted at by a lot of computer scientists now. But no, I, I <laughs> you know, I, 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 I'm of that generation that got their ZX Spectrum when they were 11, 12 or 12 years old and you just learned to do stuff because there was no way you could do anything on those machines unless you'd actually wrote some you know typed in some commands uh-huh so i so yeah yeah self-taught on that stuff um that be. is uh that that blows my mind because as somebody who knows like zero about about um writing code or anything i i, I would just kind of i was uh it was one of my big questions i wanted to find out is like did you get like a doctorate or something <laughs> in in engineering because what what you've managed to do like especially with the disting um, mm. with the size of it and what it does is it's, I feel like if, if modular was, was as widespread as, you know, as guitar, I feel like you might have like a Nobel prize or something <laughs> for this thing. <laughs> well, no, it's all, it's just, I mean, again, talking in terms of the scale, you know, I mean, uh, um, working on an embedded system like the disc thing, it, it's not too far off coding for like a ZX Spectrum or a, a Commodore 64, you know, back in the day, it's, it's, it's probably it's a little bit more powerful even than that, but it coming from that era of kind of hobbyist computery electronics -y kind of things where you could have your own computer and know everything about it and then build things to hang off the back of it if you were so inclined because it was very, comparatively simple open hardware and any any kind of schoolboy could bolt something onto back of the back of one of these computers and just have a play uh -huh. you know we've it, a modular thing is you know it's not too far off that level of complexity it's it's a bit more than that but it's not 
it's kind of I, I, it's a, analogous to what kind of has happened with the gaming world as well which I, is what I've, other things I've done in my time from that era of one guy in his bedroom writing a game and sticking on the cassette tape and selling it through to teams of a hundred people making AAA PlayStation titles and now we're back to kind of one guy in an iPad can make uh-huh. a game and sell millions of copies of it. Um, it's, it's weird how these things kind of go in cycles. Yeah. So, so do you you make games then? I I did my in my previous life before I was a um, Eurac guy. I um, I worked for Sony for a very long time. Um, oh wow. PlayStation One, PlayStation Two, uh, PlayStation Three, and then left to do uh, slightly related but not actually game things for a few years. And then yeah, as I say, ditched it and okay. did my own thing. Yeah. So I, I my background is mainly. I mean, my professional life has all been software. I guess you would say. Okay. Yeah. Um, any any uh, particular games that you worked on a lot or are proud of or um, or, were f- or most fun or anything? The the I'm one like the PlayStation <laughs> generation. Sure. So. <laughs> the the one that anybody's ever heard of um, that I'm particularly fond of is a game called Medieval. Oh yeah, does I that, remember that. Does that ring a bell? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's so. kind of like a cartoony, like skeleton guy as your protagonist, kind of like a yeah. third person. Yeah. He's, adventure. Yeah. Exactly that. So that was yeah. that was pretty much the first game I worked on when I joined the company at the time. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, that's good. I mean, I I was responsible for the. A uh, very mixed bag that is Frogger on PlayStation as well, um, <laughs> which is the, the of all the titles I've ever worked on, that one sold the most, but it's not the best game I've ever worked okay. on. Okay, <laughs> but that's often the case. What sells yeah. the most is not the best, indeed. <laughs> but yeah, well, that's interesting. <laughs> um, I remember when the, the when PlayStation One came out and just like that that opening screen and that the kind of the startup screen and playing Tekken. That oh yeah, just, that just yeah. blew my mind as a kid. Um, going back now, you look at PlayStation One. It's like, oh wow, that's way blockier than I remember. It really <laughs> looking really, really intense. Um, yeah. So, how about musical background? When when did you when did you get into music, and and what what instrument was your your thing, and how did you eventually find synths, or was that the beginning? Or? Um, I my first instrument that I spent any time on really was the clarinet. Um, oh. which I played uh, in the school wind band. Um, mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, but my, my school was blessed with this um, very, or visionary, I guess you'd call him, a teacher who, who instigated uh, the school synthesizer room. Um, oh, nice. Exactly. So, you know, what, once that had arrived, um, I guess I was really turned on to all that stuff and, and I didn't. I don't. Not sure I made any awesome music with it, but that <laughs> that certainly, you know, it made that stuff visible to me that otherwise possibly wouldn't have been. Um, you know, knocking stuff together on a old Yamaha hardware sequencer and a few few synths. Um, so yeah, I got quite excited about that, and eventually got some stuff of my own. And um, Atari ST uh, was a, a big stepping point from that, and running. Pro 24 or whatever it was back then actually started making some music with with synths and MIDI um yeah I was in a in a band quite intensely at at university with a with a a friend of mine for a few years um 
which was my first experience of actually trying to gig with stuff, um, which, yeah, was a great experience. Um, I was very much the guy who stood behind all the equipment while my friend played guitar and sang. <laughs> yeah. um, but, you know, that, that's the, an, a time on the tradition of, of synth guys who stand in the background. Um, yeah. Like, yeah. You know, um, well, Brian like Eno. Post- Brian yeah, Eno would be an obvious say. reference. Or um, <laughs> yeah. half of the Pet Shop Boys, whatever that chap's name. Or Vince Clark, even in, in Eurasia, right? I mean, it's. Um, okay. So. Yeah, and then you know I did I did bits and bobs, but um, after that I basically probably for the last almost twenty years I've been in a pretty much one musical project um, with my friend Mike, who is a extremely talented guitarist. Um, uh, we have a band called Dark Room, in which Mike plays the guitar and I do other stuff, and we make this kind of ambient or electronic sound. Um, which okay. I'll be happy to um, give you all the links to if you want to bombard your yeah. listeners with those. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll, yeah let's I'll, do it. Well, um, I guess darkroomtheband.net is where it's all at, or darkroomtheband.bandcamp.com, or Facebook, Darkroom, or something. I forget exactly what we are on Facebook. But anyway, <laughs> that, anybody use it that's anymore. the... Well, that's, people <laughs> seem to be leaving, but we're still there. Yeah. But yeah, um, so, and at the moment... Um, my contribution to that is is kind of modular synth and laptop, and um, I've got back into woodwind again. I've, I'd had a long time oh, off cool. it, um, but a few years back, I, I discovered the bass clarinet, um, which is such a different instrument to the ordinary clarinet. Yeah, um, I love the sound of that thing. That's one of my favorite. That's probably my favorite woodwind, actually. Oh yeah, yeah. So I got yeah. really into that, and then using that with the electronics and amplifying it, and looping it, and so I've been on this kind of journey of woodwind discovery, um, bass clarinet, contrabass clarinet as well, um, which is an awesome instrument, um, bit of saxophone. So yeah, um, but still, yeah, still very excited about synths, for sure. Well, that's cool. Yeah. So, so you, just for like kind of a recap, you're going to school, studying math, you are playing in a band and you eventually get a job programming but you're all your kind of music has always been there yeah along the line as a hobby or passion absolutely and then at some at some point you have is it kind of like i want this thing but it doesn't exist i want to make it or was it just kind of like i've messed with this stuff before i i i think i could do this so i'm just going to take a swing at it like yeah. what was kind of like the first thing with with the um the software for expert sleepers it was right. yeah. It was um, well going. I guess back, you kind of talked about that <laughs> earlier. I was, yeah, I was just trying to well, do I mean, like the a f- summation. Yeah, I mean, the the, I get the the reason I started writing um, plugins at all is obviously I, I had the software background, and then it became possible uh, to write VSTs when VST first became a thing. Right, it was up until that point, mm-hmm. if you wanted to do, well, there just wasn't an easy way to get into writing audio software without doing everything. But then uh, when VST came along, you could write the bare guts of some DSP code that did something interesting and then you didn't have to do the whole door or the whole computer environment, right? So you could just tinker and do interesting stuff. So the reason I started writing plugins at all is because, yeah, it was things that I used to have that had gone away. Like um, I used to use an old um, Roland hardware um, sampler, an S330, 
And, mm-hmm. you know, if, if you, you sampled something and if you wanted it to play a higher pitch, it got faster. And if you wanted to play a lower pitch, it got slower. Um, mm-hmm. But back around this time, it was it was that era when everybody was doing everything in the box and it was all, oh, everything's time-stretched and granular. And, you know, you couldn't just buy a really stupidly simple sample playback thing that just did that time not didn't do time stretching right it just did that kind of mm-hmm. munchkinization thing so that was one of the first reasons i ever started tinkering with music software to try to replace this hardware thing that i used to have and didn't have anymore and i wrote a big delay because i love big delays and yeah uh, loops and stuff um and that kind of got me into a whole different community of the, you know the looping community uh, which is quite a big thing in its own right Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I had that software and then I wanted to get into modular and why I wanted to get into modular originally, I've almost forgotten. I think it might have been, <laughs> I think, yeah, I, I really don't know. I think it might have been an article in sound on sound magazine actually that kind of finally tipped the balance. It's like they, they used to very sporadically mention modular at all, but then I think that this one issue did like this six page page spread of kind of the state of the art in modular and why it's exciting and then i thought well, you know this could be fun we just finished an album it's darkroom um kind of thinking what would the next step be um to kind of try and introduce some new new sounds and new elements for the next album so i thought i'd give it a go and then combining that with with the software it just kind of all all fell into place so you so when you you're doing this kind of I love these stories. It seems to be pretty common in in the pedal maker and module maker world. Is you, you just wanted this thing, and then it kind of snowballed. So you you never did this with the kind of the the dream of becoming uh, a household name as far as modular households. Oh no, not at all. I was I was just <laughs> so, it was it was a hobby at the time. It was a hobby, yeah. and I was you know making you know beer money on on plugins. <laughs> um, but it, it certainly wasn't wasn't anything like a career at the time, or or had any intention of being a career. Um, it's okay. just, and even now, you know, it, it's I've never taken it beyond being just me. Uh, it's not, you know, I don't employ anybody. Um, okay, which you know, it's something I could do. I I could take the decision that I wanted to make Expert Sleep as a big company and and no doubt could accomplish a lot more, but I'm not sure I'd have, have as much fun if I did that. Um, yeah, it sounds like you found a really good balance of everything. Yeah. Well, I, you know, currently I'm, I'm enjoying it as it is, and that means I'm excited about doing it. And, um, yeah, it, it's made for a very nice kind of work-life balance, and the balance of things I do in the work is very much skewed toward the things I enjoy. Um, but okay. you know, th- this is completely different to what I was doing 10 years ago. So who knows what will happen in another, another five, 10 years, it might be different. It might be the same. Well, that's something I like to ask manufacturers about. Do you have any, have any feelings about where, where this is all heading? I mean, I know it gained popularity modular in, you know, probably like 2010 is when it started picking up, but I feel like it's really picked up over the last year or two. Um, and seems to be increasing like, yeah. We, Do you pontificate about where we're, where it's headed, or I, I've kind of given up on that because every every six <laughs> every six months somebody says I feel like it's really grown in the last year, and then <laughs> and then a year later says no, this is the year where it's really grown. Um, so 
I don't know. I, I, I don't pretend to understand these things. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm riding the wave and enjoying doing so. Um, yeah. But, you know, I, I don't know. I, I'm trying to keep, keep abreast of things that, that might, might be interesting, different directions that it might take. But I, I'm pretty busy keeping up with just what I'm doing at the moment, to be honest. Um, okay. So, who knows? Something will come along. <laughs> so I'm I'm sure I'm sure this exists in a couple places, um, but I think I think the listeners might get a kick out of it. Um, but at the I don't know, maybe you're tired of talking about it. But a a brief history of disting. Haha. -ha. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is this the, is this the question? You're like, God damn it! No, I, I, I was really hoping we'd avoid this one. No, I could I, just I see don't. a lot of people asking you about it. I don't mind that at all. I, I don't. Uh part of being a, a one-man business who works from home is I very rarely speak to people so um, actually, <laughs> actually being able to talk to people is, is quite nice um, other than my family of course I speak to my family right right um, yeah this thing um, I had actually I I remember giving somebody completely the wrong answer to this question a year or so ago because I'd misremembered <laughs> the history of it entirely but um, the reason the disting came about was that I wanted to make a filter that tracked one volt per octave, but I didn't like the idea of mucking about with the traditional analog means of converting um, the exponential volt per octave relationship into a linear voltage, which is what you normally have to do with these things. You get into kind of balanced pairs of transistors which are tightly thermally coupled so that it doesn't go out of whack when they get hot and all this business and I thought well that doesn't sound like a lot of fun would it not be more fun to um, basically digitize this voltage and then do the um, exponential conversion in in software um, and in retrospect that was a well, I guess I've learned that there, there are a number of reasons why that necessarily isn't necessarily the best approach. There's, there's, I think coming from a computer background, it's very easy to think that um, just doing things digitally is going to be clean and easy, um, but that completely ignores the, f the fact that you have to go in and out of the analog domain, and that's where things get um, non-ideal and interesting. So <laughs> that side of things, it you know that whatever that filter was going to be never happened but the idea of this circuit that would go from analog to digital do something and go back to analog is basically what the original disting was right one of the modes of the disting is that linear to exponential conversion um and then it was you know well what i've got this thing now it's it's basically this analog in analog out but digital processing what could this be um, and then around the same time I had this idea for jack sockets that light up and I, uh -huh. I kind of needed a product almost just to, I just needed a reason to make something with these jack sockets because I thought, well, people might think these are cool. Um, yeah, so, and they do. <laughs> I love them. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm very fond of them, but, um, so yeah, it's kind of having this half idea of a, of a way of building a product and just needing to pull something out of the air to kind of showcase these jack sockets as much as anything. And I started tinkering about and I, you know, limited myself to 4HP because, well, I, th I thought that's a nice, simple, you know, it's a single circuit board, 
single slot that that seems manageable and then for some reason i decided that it should have 16 modes um i think it was just to do with how many leds i could fit on <laughs> on the front of the panel you know it was uh -huh. real real kind of engineering led design rather than um ux um led design and then i just kind of tried to think of 16 different things that might be useful to be able to do um okay and put them in the disk thing and some of them were were very simple things like the linear exponential conversion and the adder and the multiplier but then you know i, I managed to get the clockable echo function in there which is still one of my favorite modes even the disk mark 4 has the um it's uh -huh. still fundamentally the same thing, uh, the clockable echo, which is not expected. Um, yeah, and I think, I don't know, I mean, obviously you speak, spoke to people, some people seem to like it. And <laughs> it's it's uh, it kind of grew from there. Um, yeah, and I well, I, the great learning experience there for me as well, because everything else I'd done before then had been to do with the computer interfacing and, you know, like the ES3 and ES1 and, those things and it was it was a real eye-opener to me to make a product that appealed to all modular users rather than just people who use modular with computers mm -hmm. um i i, yeah, I realized i'd been working in a very small niche of eurorack um so yeah to, to find something that you know everybody could use and then people could find a reason to buy two or three of it at a time even um, yeah from a business point of view was fantastic well, so yeah, you mentioned the, the two or three of them. I, I was I was racking my brain uh, this morning, you know, just kind of like oh, thinking about the chat, and I was like, is there any other module out there that you could just buy six of and then have a complete modular <laughs> setup? Like you could have six distings, and that could be your whole, and you could do, you could play music with that. You you could do um, a lot, yeah, yeah, six maths. I'm sure people. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, that's true. It's more HP. It'd be a lot bigger system. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> six of well, the that... uh, six of the um, that massive sound computer thing that people have. Um, oh uh, right, the um, the, the uh, he's I think made in Japan. Um, uh, I forget the name of it. Or well, there's oh, a God. yeah, but I don't think six six four HP what? modules that you could play a lot of music with. Uh, yeah, I think um, that yeah. limits it su substantially. Orthogonal devices. Is that what you're thinking of? I think it might be. Yes. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's take a look at the Bang oscillator and the angle grinder. The Bang is from Livestock Electronics, and I just want to take a minute to tell you guys how amazing the box that it comes in is, uh, how beautiful of a module it is. It comes with a bunch of cool stickers and an awesome, colorful manual and uh, a trading card even. Um, and then there's an app that, uh, that uh, Daniel has made uh, to where you can, you, make, you can make your own wave shapes and put them on an SD card and put them in this thing. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's an awesome oscillator. So I'm gonna, um, I made a little spooky little tune and, uh, let's, let's take a look at it. So this is the bang. It's running a simple sequence into it and I'm running it into the DLD from, uh, from 4MS and into the 2HP reverb. And I am using some maths to uh, control the odd and even CV inputs. You can hear if I turn these knobs, 
You can cycle through these wave libraries too. For this patch, we're going to leave it nice and uh, subtle. Then I'm going to bring the Tell Harmonic in just because it sounds really cool. got the schlappy engineering with a sequence coming into it and then I'm controlling some of these uh, wave shaping uh, CV inputs with the Anna from Mystic Circuits and um, some more maths so let's bring that in that's going into the Doppler delay from WMD SSF Be sure to go to livestockelectronics.com to learn more about the Bang and the other amazing livestock modules, and as well as Schlappy Engineering, the Angle Grinder. Um, I tell you, the Angle Grinder and Bang have become two of my favorite oscillators of all time, and I'm not just saying that because uh, they're sponsoring the show. I just really do love them that much. Some of these questions from our, our listeners are going to um, 
take some answering. Sure. So why don't we get we get to that? And we're, we're on the, the topic of disting. So uh, Jonas Baylor asked, why is it called disting? Does it have anything to do with the prehistoric Swedish market? <laughs> no, it doesn't. It's um, <laughs> it, My understanding is that it's um, Nigerian patois for a thingamajig, a whatchamacallit, a hoochamacallit. <laughs> it's just, it just means a, you know? I love that. It's just That's a, awesome. It's just what is it? It's it's a it's a thing. It's a this thing, which presume, oh, presumably is a contraction of this thing, right? But with a right, yeah. But that that's um, yeah. Some somebody I knew well um, taught me a bit, a little bit of Nigerian because she lived there for a while. So um, yeah. Okay. That's so so we should reason. all be calling it a disting, a disting, not a disting, a disting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, Let's see. I had another one about... Oh, well, okay, so Patrick James Newman asked, will you ever consider the disting finished? And that's that's a question that I had, too. I mean, we're on Mark IV. It keeps, I mean, how many modes does it have now? It used to have 16. What are we up to? I think it's nearly 100 now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, at some point, I'm going to run out of um, space for firmware. Um, that It nearly happened, actually, in fact. A couple of months ago, I, it did actually run out of space, but then I rewrote all the SD card code, and then that took up a lot less space. So, um, yeah, one day it will be full, but then I might find a way to maybe like run things more from the SD card rather than having it all baked in there. So, oh yeah, maybe you could almost have like expansions, like different versions on different. SD cards or something. Exactly. Yeah. So um, I, the question was, will that ever be done? I think, no, the software is never finished. Um, <laughs> software is never finished unless the platform that runs the software no longer exists. Um, okay. So, I, yeah, I'm not going to answer the question about whether I'm going to replace the Disting Mark IV with a new one because that's, that would make no sense to answer that question either way. <laughs> okay. Well, so... Um, you mentioned earlier that you started with HP size and somebody had a, so with that in mind, um, Joshua Sigmund asks if you, uh, have you considered like a disting Mark five where it's just a little bigger and you have um, knobs for every function? I've considered it. Yeah. <laughs> I've, cons you, I've <laughs> considered a lot of things. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's the trouble with, um, how easy it is to make electronics, as I alluded to earlier, is that it, it's in theory very easy to just do a load of different things, um, but you you just end up spreading yourself very thin. Um, and what what I've loved about having the disting as a, I mean even as, as a kind of stable, slightly evolving but fundamentally stable platform is it meant it means that I can just have fun now putting the creativity into the firmware and if I kept changing the hardware then I'd have to keep you know it'd be like this is why I don't enjoy writing plugins anymore it's because Apple and Microsoft well less so Microsoft actually Apple are constantly changing the platform that you're writing to um, mm -hmm. and it's a real pain um, whereas you know if I've built the disting or the FH2 or the general CV or the, these modules I have now that run firmware, that, that is an unchanging target platform, um, which I can then just write to and I know extremely well 
now because I've been writing to fundamentally the same hardware for a number of years, uh, which is incidentally why people used to love writing for the PlayStation rather than okay. rather than writing PC games, say, because, you know, Sony releases the PlayStation, the PlayStation is fixed. So you can mm-hmm. get you can get really, really good at writing for the PlayStation. Whereas if you're writing for PC or whatever, you're you're constantly chasing a moving target of the latest graphics cards, the latest graphics drivers, the latest PC hardware. But um, okay, console development for that reason is is awesome because you know what you've got to do and you can be really good at it. So well, that okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Mm. So this is kind of what I'm aiming for with these these modules, I guess, is not to change it, even though it it would be from one point of view, very easy just to kind of, oh, let's upgrade the processor on the disting so it can run 20% faster. It's like, well, that's great, but then now I'm going to maintain two sets of code for the two different modules, and everything I do has to be done twice, and it's just it's just not good. Um, it's it's yeah. great, great to be able to focus. Well, I feel like with the size... The size that you made, you like just like you were talking about with PlayStation. You've made. It's, it's, I was kind of thinking of it as like an arena or a playing field that mm. you've designed for yourself, and you can be infinitely creative within that playing. You can think of all different types of games you can play in that playing field, but it's always going to be that playing field. I don't know. That's my that's my non-programmer dummy way of wrapping my head around yeah, it. Yeah. But no, it makes that, a lot of sense. Yeah, sure. Um, um, yeah. Go ahead. No, I was just saying. I mean that. Sort of more possibilities have been opened up uh, recently with, you know, like the the uh, the most recent version of the disting. I put the um, the MIDI ports on it and support for this select bus thing now, and that that's that's kind of untapped potential there. Um, having having modules talk to each other as well, you know, as well as just having CVs, having these digital com- communication paths. Um, I'm sure that that's by no means a fully tapped um, area, and the idea, you know, with yeah. you, with uh, I know there's one guy, um, Mr. Nedrush on on the forum. His his MIDI, he's basically tied MIDI daisy chains, three or four distings. So all these distings are now talking to each other on MIDI, um, and there's a whole heap of stuff I could do. You know, I could have like a a distributed network of distings all talking to each other on MIDI and just I feel like the <laughs> disting could be Skynet though. Yeah. Like be, you be better be careful. Absolutely. It rise up against us. I think it would be a very <laughs> a very slow Skynet communicating over MIDI. <laughs> but yeah. You know. Uh um so I guess one more question that that I think is is very uh, very relevant. Uh, Mark Matula asks, "Where the hell do you find the time to get all this all your stuff done?" Um, but well, you know, you just have to keep at it, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I I work. I get about I get about six good hours a day. By the time I've dropped the kids off at school and picked them up from school and cooked the dinner and everything, so you just have to focus. Um, and in terms of you know business wise i've i've rather than grow the company i've um kind of tried to hand off stuff as much as possible like the obvious first step hand off the assembly then hand off the testing hand off the boxing and then um last year was it i um got a distribution deal um with the guys at uh, rubber dub um, which has worked out extremely well. So I, don't, I used to spend like one week every month putting stuff in cardboard boxes and shipping it out. 
which, oh, <laughs> you know, which is great, but that's not, that's not where my talent lies. If you know, not wanting to, you know, be being humble or not humble. My main talent is not boxing stuff. My talent is writing. <laughs> my talent, if I have one, is writing software or designing hardware. So, yeah, kind of handing off all this stuff so that I can focus on the stuff that only I can do for for expert sleepers. Um, so yeah, focus. I guess is the answer to the question. Okay. And and having passed all of that stuff off, have did you notice any sort of um, surge in creativity, new ideas, or oh yeah, like yeah, yeah. certainly. Okay. I think um, the few months after that happened, the the number of new algorithms that were added to the listing um, rose very sharply. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, no, it, it has been good. Um, I I kind of see <clears throat> so something like the like the ES eight. Yeah. Um, and have you heard of the uh, the software uh, Audulus? Yes, yes. I I have Audulus, and the guys at Audulus have have an ES8, and and we we talk quite a lot. Yeah. Yeah. They they've recently sponsored some shows, and I I hung out, um, I hung out with them in uh, in San Francisco when I went down there a few weeks ago, and um, yeah, and I'm I'm actually getting an ES8, so I can start okay. messing with that. But I feel like. Um, I think a lot of people got into modular to get away from the computer. Something I've heard a lot from people yeah. I've, from just talking to them on this show is, is I worked with a computer all day, so I wanted to get home and not make music on a computer. Sure. Um, but I feel like with something like the ES8 and, and something like Audulus or just using the ES8 to interface it, um, I, kind of, I don't know. I see that kind of becoming maybe more common. Have you noticed? Is that becoming more common as people are kind of get I think people are getting past the whole like it's got to be analog because most of these modules are basically just computers anyway so yeah absolutely have you, um have you noticed an increase in in that I I noticed that the DSA is doing quite well whether I don't unfortunately then have any direct visibility of whether people are buying ES8s to work with an iPad or with a computer I think a lot of the time it is I get the feeling it's it's with a computer, but there's certainly more and more you can do on an iPad now. And something something with like Audulous, like you mentioned, it, you're not in the kind of typical computer door environment when you're using something like that. It very much is a a software imagining of what a modular environment could be, um, kind mm -hmm. of hooking stuff up arbitrarily with little cables and stuff. I mean, it's not. I like that they've not gone for the skeuomorphic thing of actually having things that look like real knobs and having things that are pretending to be real cables it's very much this kind of ubertron like uh, uh -huh. yeah you know light shiny environment which i i think uh -huh. is a bit that's that would be my preference i i i mean i guess i'll come clean i i don't personally enjoy using ipads to make music um but that's just me. Yeah. But uh, I'm saying nothing against people who find that fits for their workflow. Um, and I can see something like something like Audulous is, which isn't pretending to be a real piece of hardware. It is. It's just trying to kind of push the boundaries of what um, a computing device could do in 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 that modular environment. Yeah, yeah. I'm all for yeah. it. And then you know, plugging it into an ES8, so you've got that. I. You know, you've got that bi-directional connection. What, what I started with uh, Expert Sleepers and the modular, it was very much about you are doing stuff on a computer, you want to control the hardware. 
Um, but with things like Audulus and then the ES8, it's very much a two-way street, right? You've got uh -huh. software controlling hardware and hardware controlling software, and it's just all one one big united system, which which I think yeah. is is great and possibly in the modular world a slightly one of the less less explored areas having having hybrid systems like that. Yeah, that's that's kind of how I'm thinking about late. I've always been a hardware guy. I've never had I've never had a whole lot of fun with um, soft synths. I do like plugins, um, yeah. like for you know, like your like some effects and EQ and, and all that stuff. But I mostly am, am pretty hardcore about being able to turn my knobs. But I was thinking about something like Audulus and 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 ES8 or you know just something in that realm of marrying the systems is. How many modules when you're when you've got everything patched up and you're going to do a performance? How many of those modules do you actually need to touch and interact with if they're just performing some sort of utility or, or a function or something? Yeah. I, I'm kind of thinking like, why don't I just move those onto a computer because they're basically, like I said earlier, they're basically just computers sitting in this rack. And if mm. you know, space is very, very important. One of the reasons I'm thinking about just getting like three distings for all my delays, <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. um, I think I'm just rambling now. I, I don't know where I'm going with that, but no. I, I think I'm just trying to talk myself into being okay with using a computer with, with my live and recording setup um, yeah. beyond a DAW. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I can talk a little bit about what I use for a performance modular if, if that's a, yeah. at all interesting. I mean, I, I guess you're going to say back to what you said about you know, why am I having all these modules in here that I don't have to touch? I guess what I've tried to do is um, there's very little in, in my live case that isn't relevant for touching and, and everything that, um, yeah, I've, I've, I guess what I'm trying to say is I've, I've, got, I've got the good analog stuff that I want to fiddle with and I want to sound analog and then I've usually got a computer driving it doing the clocking and then taking the audio back into the computer to do things like the reverbs and delays and stuff that computers do really well um, because they've got mm -hmm. the, the processing and I, I'm not typically, I guess I'm not typically kind of CVing delay times and stuff or reverb tails or, or things like that. I, I guess maybe my, my usage of the synth is relatively straight in that sense that I, I guess what I've really built in the case is is a kind of, Two or three custom monosynths and maybe some drum drum stuff. Uh -huh. So I, I get yeah. I it's a very, um, it's it's that very kind of um, East Coast. Well, it's not even East Coast. It's what comes out of it, it tends to be a bit Berlin school kind of sequences going, you know, rather than this kind of big. Um, kind of random or soundscapey kind of stuff I, i'd have random soundscapey stuff comes from my guitarist or my my clarinet or whatever but the reason i have the synth there is because at times i want to go from the ambient mush into this kind of driving kind of early tangerine dream feel stuff and i i personally find the, the modular a great way to get me into that space um with some uh, you know some analog sequencing and some VCOs and filtering and, and just go for a fairly straight sound, but one that I've honed to be the sound that I want. Uh, yeah. 
So what size, What like, are you working then with kind of a smaller case then? I'm working with two rows of 102 HP. Um, okay. Um, my, I, I keep all my systems on modular grid. If anybody wants to have a poke around and see what I'm actually using, they're all there. Well, I said they're all oh, there because cool. you're only allowed to store 10 unless you pay, which I think is a bit mean myself. But um, <laughs> So, yeah, certainly my, my current live case is always on modular grid just because I find it tremendously useful to plan it out before I actually try and screw the modules into the case. Um, but it's useful reference as well, and I kind of screenshot it and document every time... You know, we do do some gigs. I document what was used at the time. Um, so yeah, it's, it's two times one hundred and two HP. It's you know, I went through a phase of at least half of that being drums. Um, I went then I went no drums at all, and then I got some Metasonics modules, which were like half the case for one module. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I've been using the. Um, uh, the Bird Kids VCO, the the Battler, which again is huge, um, but sound, yeah. sounds really nice. And then kind of I, any any odd slot I fill up with the disting and there's always something you can put in there. But this it's great. I find this extremely an extremely useful exercise just in terms of um, the disting development. Every time I try and rejig the live case to do some gigs and... Um, you know, that I come across something that, oh, wouldn't it be really handy if I had whatever? And then, well, I'll just code that up on the disting. And then, <laughs> and then I, I get what I want for my gig and everybody benefits. So it's... <laughs> I love that. <laughs> or, or, you know, on the other flip side of the coin, I find some terrible work that um, I really should have fixed. And then I fix it for myself and then kind of put that out. So, yeah, it's... Um, it's it's good That's good eating your own dog food is is what people um, <laughs> call that. Yeah, I haven't heard. You've that. not heard that I'm phrase. Like that. No, eating I've your own never dog heard food. that phrase. No. <laughs> oh, that's good. Um, so, is 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 there anything? Um, is there anything kind of floating around in your head that you want to try to make work, but you're 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 still you know not sure of, or like I guess I guess what kind of. Uh, how do you how do you get your ideas and how do you like process them and and where you know where do they come from? Is it like it sounds like well you kind of just answered that you're like well I need this so, yeah sometimes it's that um, often often it's that often it's like what what do I personally need um, or since the thing's um, taken off there's always people suggesting stuff um, that they would like a thing to do and I I keep a list. I've got a list of uh -huh. everything anybody's ever asked for on the listing. And if I'm really short of inspiration, I just kind of browse through that. But typically there's something that it's kind of, I, I try and find the happy medium between something that I would enjoy doing and something that other people would appreciate that if I did. Um, Cause, or, you know, sometimes things are so easy to do. It's like, I would like this parameter to have one more mode that does this really simple different thing. And that's, you know, why not? Why would I not do that? Or there's sometimes yeah. just like, um, well, I guess the classic one is with Disting Mark III. Um, somebody said, you know, could you not play samples back from that SD card? And well, I thought, well, you know, hadn't planned to do that, but maybe I could. Um, and that's become one of, certainly one of my favorite uses for a Disting is, is playing samples off the card. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
I haven't moved past the delay yet because I just I just huh. love all the different all the different types of delay on it. Um, but yeah, that's that's next on the list. Um, I'm actually going to be reviewing it for um, Waveform Magazine. I think you may have been talking with Ellison. Yes, a close yes, friend of mine. Oh, okay. So yeah, so I, I wanted to talk to you before I really dove into it, but like I'm I'm just I'm bad. I'm I'm uh, I'm bad with sitting down and and learning things. I have to like just like you know smash my fists into buttons until I figure it out. And but I feel like with disting, I'm going to have to sit down and and maybe spend some time. You know. Yeah, I think it would be worth. <laughs> I think it would be worth at least skimming through the manual once, just so yeah. that just so <laughs> that you know all the things that you don't know, right? You just right. Just so that at some point in your brain it's registered that this mode exists and then maybe once mm -hmm. you'll think of it later and then, or oh, how do I get that to work? But if you don't, if you don't at least look through the list of things it does, you just might miss things entirely. Um, that could be quite yeah. useful to you. I would certainly urge I'm you so to like, have a look at the, the sample playback because some of that stuff, um, I think is, is still quite, you know, that there are dedicated sample playback modules that don't do what the disting does. Um, okay. Yeah. So, so have a look. <laughs> I will, because I'm sorry. P I, sales I, I pitch mean, over. I, this is an interview, right? <laughs> no, no. I, I, I need that, and I, and I plan on it. And I, I have, I have gone through it. I mean, I've, I've gone through it and looked at it a little bit, but it's one of those things. It's like some weird ADD dyslexic thing, where I, I just, it does. It's so hard to soak it in. So, but, but this is the punishment. My ham bone brain you know, puts itself through is I'll sit here with the disting and go through and wait for the reader board to tell me what, <laughs> what it is that I'm on. And then I'll mess with it. It's like, just go to the list. But I, I don't, I don't know. Um, so I have a, with, with disting, um, being, being kind of like this, this Swiss army knife of just a multi-tool of a, of a module. Do you ever get kind of an idea for something and then, wonder if it's oh is this something that i'm just going to add to the disting or is this just going to be its own new module um i think most things it's fairly clear whether it's part of the disk i mean i i basically for reasons i explained earlier I'm, I'm very resistant to making new hardware if i can just get the disting to do it but um, mm -hmm. i guess you know some things require hardware the disting hasn't got for it so like the fh2 or the fh1 before it um, with the MIDI interfaces, the disting just doesn't have um, USB MIDI on it, so there's no way the disting's ever going to do that. So if I want to kind of get into that USB MIDI CV interface kind of thing, I have to have new hardware. And equally, um, the effort there's no way it could do what the ES8 does. Um, mm -hmm. I guess the real curveball there would, for me was the general CV. Uh, again, there's no way the disting could do what the general CV does because it's that that yeah that that's why my one module that comes from kind of no good reason it, there's no reason i needed to make that at all it just that was just <laughs> just fun just having fun um i lo i love that I, I feel like i hear that a lot from manufacturers is, you know like i don't know i just love this kind of cavalier like single person business attitude of yep there's no reason I should have done that, but I did it. Like, yeah, I don't know. Absolutely. It's it's charming. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I was I was perusing a catalog of of um, integrated circuits like you do, and mm -hmm. <laughs> came across you know the, a general MIDI system on a chip, and I didn't I didn't know you could get a general MIDI system on a chip, and I thought, well, that sounds interesting. 
and I, I kind of got the evaluation board and it, it sounded all right. And I got to thinking like, oh, well, you know, I should put this in a module. And then once I'd had that idea, I couldn't kind of unthink it. You know, it just was, oh, I've got to do this now. I've got to build a module. And then <laughs> it was a tremendous amount of fun, actually. Some of the, um, to try and sort of layer on, on top of that, um, very powerful, actually, um, synthesizer on a chip, but then try and layer on top of that something that doesn't mean you just have to play it as a general MIDI orchestral hit that sounds like a general MIDI orchestral hit. You know, having some extra, having something driving that synthesis power um, to make something that is interesting, you know, and current and not just because it's funny. And you can uh -huh. you can play general MIDI off it. That's it's just funny because it's like hilariously nineties. Um, but you can tease sounds out of this thing that are really quite interesting. Um, uh, so that was that was kind of fun to do. And again, to bring that into my own music and suddenly find I could get string pads in my music, which I just hadn't had for years because I was always playing around with monophonic um, VCOs and stuff. It was uh -huh. ni nice to be able to just have a module in the rack that would would play a chord progression on on strings. Um, yeah. Well, well, we we are um, we're ripping through this. We're almost out of time, but I, I'm just I feel like we could go on about about all sorts of stuff. But yeah, we will have you back on if 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 the listeners are like, God damn it, Tim, why did you not say <laughs> ask him this? But I'm just I'm I feel like I understand I understand expert sleepers more now um it's nice to hear that you're still you're still like um interested in it and you're still feeling inspired oh, yeah. and like i just I, I love that because i know you're you're uh, highly regarded in the community and people just are yeah i think you, you've done a lot for this community with, well, with your, what you do so thank you thank you that's it's good to hear yeah that was an i'm i gotta get better at this i mean i'm been talking to people for almost a year now and i'm still just blah, rambly <laughs> rambling <laughs> go, to, um, go to the switchboards <laughs> um well cool is there is there anything in uh, kind of uh, some some parting wisdom or anything new you want to tell us about or anything else uh you want to direct people to that we haven't covered um no i don't think so i i i, I have nothing i want to shout about um i'm i'm actually <laughs> i'm actually moving house this week so um most thoughts of uh, tremendously active product but development have been put on on hold um while i oh discover where everything is going to end up um oh god that's one of the worst things to do i thank you for taking time to do this in the middle of that well that, that's no trouble um it, nothing yeah. nothing is yet as yet is put away but it's about to be um, and then, of course, it's Christmas, and then, um, but yeah. So come January, I'll be raring to go with some new new stuff, for sure. Okay, all right. Well, I look forward to it, and uh, thank you for your time. Well, thank you. All right, thank you, Andrew, for joining us. That was a pretty fun chat. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. Um, thank you to you Patreon subscribers. I really appreciate it. If you would like to help out the show, Patreon.com forward slash podular modcast don't forget next saturday if you're in the seattle area um that's the substation from 4 to 7 p.m we've got modular nights that's going to be a really fun show 
And uh, don't forget to send me some Christmas tunes. Try to do that as soon as possible to uh, send me links at podmodcast at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, since we didn't have a patch challenge, let's end on one of Andrew's band's songs from the uh, from the New River EP. Uh, this is Dark Room with Tiny Life Reflecting Blue. Until next week. <laughs>